Hi and welcome back to my podcast where we talk about working your way towards financial independence. I'm your host Enid Kadambi, a certified financial analyst and educator. Today's episode is all about starting your personal finance journey with a quick start emergency fund. Here's a question for you. Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Possibly drowning in never-ending cycle of debt? Would you get by for a month or two if you lost your job? If you had an unplanned and pressing expenditure, are digital loans or borrowing funds from your friends and family the solution to meet that expense? Emergency funds are here for that, to meet your unexpected expenses without having to liquidate your investments or getting deeper into debt. But building an emergency fund takes time, effort, and a lot of sacrifice. For many people, having the bare minimum of a three-month emergency fund will take several months. Plus, building that emergency fund is not usually the only pressing financial goal at that moment. So, how do you balance building an emergency fund without pressing the post button on all your financial goals? The solution to this is called a quick start emergency fund. What is it? Why is it important? And how can you build one? A quick start emergency fund is a savings account that you try to set up as quickly as possible with a certain amount that gives you some sort of cushioning against life expenses. This step is ideal if you're starting your financial planning journey, are drowning in debt, or you do not have an emergency fund. It is the secret to working on getting out of debt or building an emergency fund without worrying about unexpected expenses. Remember that the first key steps in financial planning involve having an emergency fund with at least six months of living expenses and getting out of debt. But if you're drowning in debt, building a six-month emergency fund is difficult without proper planning. Worse, a minor inconvenience will probably lead to accumulating more debt. With a quick start emergency fund, your focus will be building this kitty first. Then, you can focus on paying off all your debt except for the mortgage with some peace of mind. If you're starting your personal finance journey and you do not have debt, the first question you need to ask yourself, do you have a six-month emergency fund? You don't want to be in a situation where you have to liquidate your assets or start borrowing money to meet unexpected expenses. So if you're in this boat, you have to pause everything that you're doing, especially investments, and start building that emergency fund first. You will get to investing later on. How much do you need for your quick start emergency fund? I recommend having a quick start emergency fund that can cover at least one or two months of your living expenses. If possible, make it three months, which is the least you should have in an emergency fund anyway. In terms of fixed numbers, that figure should range between 50,000 to 100,000 Kenya shillings. In dollar terms, that will be about 500 to $1,000. If you're working with these fixed numbers, I also recommend aiming for the higher number. If you're using your living expenses as a benchmark, have an estimate of how much you spend on necessities, then multiply that number by two or three. Now that you know how much you need in your quick start emergency fund, let's start building one. First, you must choose a budgeting method and a budgeting tool to use. Once you have those, you need to get these figures. How much you bring in monthly, what your regular bills and expenses are, what your irregular bills and expenses are, and finally, how much you spend on other expenses. In this next step, I'm going to talk about budgeting and how you can use it in funding your quick start emergency fund. 
The budgeting method I recommend for this is the zero-based budget system. With this method, we are aiming for zero balance of unaccounted money from your monthly income. That means you will be accounting for every single penny that you make. By the end of this exercise, you will have a breakdown of where you expect your money to go and how much each category takes up. Additionally, you're able to note areas that require tightening up, especially if your budget tips to the negative side. That is, you're spending more than you earn. The money that you're going to cut from expenses is what we will be using to fund your quick start emergency fund. Remember that we want this account full as soon as possible so you can move on to other goals. Before taking you through the process of budgeting, I would like to recommend two of my best budgeting tools. I have a budget planner, a physical book that is undated and allows you to start budgeting at any time. The second one is a spreadsheet. It has a debt snowball tracker and a priority worksheet that allows you to prioritize your spending and see how much you can save if you cut off specific spending areas. Now, let's get started with the budgeting. Take your budgeting tool, whether you're using the spreadsheet or a budgeting planner book. The first thing you need to do is to add up your income. Add up all the inflows that come into your account as income. That includes salaries, bonuses, commissions, child support, anything that comes to your account as an inflow. Step number two, let's capture the basics so you can reduce them from your income. This category will include bills and expenses that you cannot live without. This will include shelter in terms of rent, mortgage payments, and homeowner's insurance, food, utilities, transport costs, and insurance policies. Key points to help you budget and save money in this category. The shelter category should not take up more than 25% of your income. If it's more than that, you need to downsize by moving to a cheaper house or start making up more money if you don't want to move. Another alternative is to cut expenses in other areas. On food, you can save money in this category by using a meal plan, shopping where there are discounts, or trying to shop in bulk. I would also recommend using a shopping list to avoid impulse purchases when you go out shopping. When budgeting for utilities, this will include power bills, water bills, gas, or internet. Since these are necessary, what you can do is look for ways to lower these bills, like choosing a lower internet package that still allows you to work or access the internet without taking too much of your money. Then we have the transport category. This includes your fare or filling your car. If you have no idea how much you spend on these categories, given the price fluctuations, what you can do is take an average of the last three months. While at it, focus only on transport costs to your place of work or business purposes, not road trips or fun getaways. In addition, if you own a car, remember to factor in extra expenses that are not covered in your auto insurance, including oil changes and maintenance costs. The last category here is insurance. Besides your homeowner's or renter's insurance, you must also think of other areas in your life that require cushioning. Insurance policies are a must-have in every step of your financial plan. The necessary policies will depend on one's situation, but the basic policies to have are health, life, and auto insurance if you own a car. Keep in mind that insurance policies are a key risk management tool in your personal finance journey, so you should not be focusing on cutting off your policies to save money. However, you can reduce how much you spend by looking for more affordable but reliable insurer 
and taking up a term life instead of a whole life insurance policy. As you note down these bills and expenses, I want you to take into account both regular and irregular bills and expenses. The regular ones are those that you incur every month. The irregular ones, like insurance policies and school fees, these happen maybe once, twice or thrice a year. While you don't pay for them every month, you should be budgeting and saving for them every month. Planning and saving for this in advance will save you from coughing up a lump sum of unplanned money or borrowing to meet the expense. Plus, the more time you have to save, the lower the monthly contribution to each category. For example, we are already in March. And let's assume I wanted to save about 100,000 Kenya shillings for the December holidays. If I started now, I would be contributing about 10,000 every month for that goal. If I waited until mid-year, that's around June, July, I will have to budget and save a higher amount of 16,667. So you can see the difference that the timing makes. The third step is taking into account other expenses. This will include health, childcare, entertainment, and personal spending. On health, this is anything that is not covered by your insurer. For instance, if you only have an inpatient cover, that means any outpatient expenses are on you. Same case with medication, supplements, or first aid supplies. If you really have an expense for this, I would recommend having an estimate of how much you might incur at any occasion and start saving for it separately. On childcare, you only need to take into account how much you pay for maybe daycare or babysitting during work hours, not when you go out for fun or party. At this step, fun and parties are paused until you have enough money for your emergency fund. The final expense in this category is entertainment and personal spending. Examples of these are entertainment subscriptions, road trips, clothes, movies, takeout, alcohol. The spending on this should be at a minimum. If possible, you can cut off the spending altogether. I know it will be hard to let go of things you've gotten used to, but it pays in the long run. Trust me, I'm speaking out of experience. If you've read my blog, I wrote an article about how I managed to save $800 in 2021, after I cut out spending on alcohol and other impulse purchases. Okay, you've come so far. How is your budget doing? Are you spending more than your earnings so far? If yes, it's time to go back to your expenses and see what you can cut. Let's move on. The fourth step is dealing with debt. If you have debt, this step is for you. All you have to do is pay the minimum amount for every debt that you owe. Have a list of all your debts, the due debts, and the minimum payments. It will help you identify all your obligations, how much you owe, and when each debt is due. It will also help you put things in a better perspective. You will also need to set up a calendar reminder or automatic deductions to avoid delayed payments, which could lead to late fees and penalties. If you have any extra funds, I would recommend putting that money into creating your quick start emergency fund. Remember that's your focus right now because you want to be cushioned against any surprise expenses. The fifth and final step is posting all investments. If you've started investing in stocks, in mutual funds, you're sending money to your circle member savings account or share capital, you have to put that on post. I know investments are important, but for now, they have to stop. Investing is a long-term wealth building strategy and it comes with risks. Part of that risk is losing your capital. That's where you have to save money and pay off your debt first before investing. 
because you don't want to be put in a position where you have to liquidate your investments to meet unexpected expenses. Your emergency fund and other savings for other goals are there to do that. So once all those are set up, you can go on to invest. If your employer has a retirement plan with matched contributions, you will have little legroom to get out of it. You can continue with this contribution, but only at the minimum agreed on amounts and no additional voluntary contributions. If it's an individual plan, you can press the post button until you have an emergency fund. If you've come so far with your budget, then you're ready to start funding your emergency account. What you can do is start entering the actual amounts and compare against your budget. The budget we've already set is a good guide because it ensures you're not overspending. If this is your first time budgeting, whether you're using a planner book or a spreadsheet, I know how difficult that is. But you must keep at it. Budgeting is not something you get used to in a day, in a week, or in a month. It will take even two, three months to get used to it. So keep at it. Don't give up. And as difficult as it will be to say goodbye to a lifestyle you're already used to, it will pay off. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode as we work towards financial independence. I hope you found it useful and you will join me for the next one. Until then, stay proactive with your finances.